Good morning, Identity Church. We're going to get started here. And uh, we have been working for the last few weeks on going through this series called You Are Blessed. And I entitled this, You Are Blessed, Let God Write Your Eulogy, because a lot of times in our life, we don't have people speaking into our lives. We don't have godly people that are speaking into our lives. And you may go, what? Well, I know lots of godly people. And they say lots of stuff to me. But you know what? I found that a lot of godly people are being spoken to, just like we all are being spoken to, by the media. Oh, man, go turn on the TV. You'll find out all kinds of stuff that is going on in the world that will change your perspective on where you are in the world. You know, back during the elections and stuff like that, I remember... It didn't matter which side you were on, it was a bombardment. Every single thing was a bombardment. And you spent all of your time just, you know, you turn on the radio and they would say, well, we're still, we still don't know about the election or we still don't know about this or we still don't know about that. And you know what? That was fine to be informed. But, you know, it, there was people that I knew that actually quit Facebook, stopped Stop looking at the TV. Stop looking at all, all these things because of COVID, because of the politics, because of all the stuff. Because they said, I just had to get away from it. I had to get away from it. It was too much. In fact, I think my brother-in-law, I don't even know his name now on Facebook, but he like came in with a completely different name. He's on Facebook for one or two purposes, and that's about it. And I wouldn't even dare to guess what the name was because they said it yesterday. We still couldn't find him. But, you know, I look at it from this perspective. We have had a lot of stuff spoken into our lives. And see, Jesus back, you know, during this time, he actually did this Beatitudes. And we talked about it, that it was Beata, that it was already a philosophy, that when he used the word Beata, and when he was talking to the people, that he was trying to put into them the ability to say, hey, there is this euphoria, this happiness, this, this contentment that you can have in this new life. That you don't have to look towards the religion of, of you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You can look towards this new life that I'm bringing you. And see, most of these people had never even been in the temple. They were Jews, but they had never even seen the temple. They might have seen the outside of it, but they were too poor. They had too less resources, and they did not know what to do, even if they got in there, because there was all these rituals. I mean, I've been to a lot of places where there was rituals, and some of the rituals are okay. They're trying to help you remember something, right? But let me, let me give you a little bit of insight. If a ritual is something that we do and it causes you to go, if I didn't do that ritual, my salvation may be, it may, may not be as good today. See, that's a bad ritual. That's a bad one. Because if my ritual is to say, I'm going to remember Jesus, I'm going to remember how to, I'm going to remember how to, to be thankful for things, that's awesome. But if a ritual comes in and says, well, you got to get down on your knees five times and you got to stand up five times and you got to go over here and you got to drink from this cup and you got to do these things. And now you've been to church. 
Well, guess what? We, we haven't been to church yet, if that's the case, because I haven't asked y'all to do anything other than get up and hug and kiss each other. Maybe that's a ritual I'm going to start, and maybe we don't have good church if people don't hug and kiss each other right. But my whole point behind this is, is that Jesus was trying to bring something different to people. He wanted them to see something about their lives that could be different, that they weren't just in religion, but they could be in relationship with Him. And so this word, blessed, was the word uh, makarios, and it meant happiness, content, euphoria. And that was, I preached that probably a month or so ago. So go find my podcast, you can go and listen to that. But last week, or I guess it's been three weeks ago now, or four weeks ago now, I started the other blessed. So there is another blessed, and it's eulogia. It's where we get the word eulogy from. And it means to speak well of, adoration, to express the benefits. Oh, man. Well, when you start adding the benefit piece of it, now I can actually bless people. Because I, I just don't need to go and say, well, here's my son and my wife, and I, I just go, you know what? I bless you. I, be I bless you. I, I bless you. You know, that's what we do most of the time. Most people think of blessings as I'm in the grocery store and all of a sudden Steve or Mary Jane comes up to me and I go, well, you have a blessed day. Do you know that I didn't do anything for them? There's nothing wrong with saying have a blessed day, but what I want you to understand is, is that I didn't express any benefit. I didn't give them anything to speak well of. You know, a lot of times, I think, from a Christian perspective, we use the term, you have a blessed day, to let them know I'm a Christian. More than I'm really trying to bless you, you know? It's kind of like the, the guy comes up and he's being rude to you. And have you ever seen, I was actually in the store a couple weeks ago, and there was this lady, and they were kind of in this tussle back and forth, trying to, trying to get ahead of each other. And... The lady lost out, okay? And so this guy comes in. He's got tattoos up and down his arm. And he just acted like, I don't give a care. I don't care about you. I don't care about the world. Now, not everybody has tattoos, don't care about the world. But he was definitely letting everything be known that I don't care. And that was his point. The lady was mad. And she was like, will just bless you today like that and gives, gives that, that, well, by God, I want you to know I'm a Christian. I don't like what you did, and God's going to get you. My blessing is going to make God come down like wrath. But see, that's, the, that's what we tend to think of blessings is we think, ah, oh, I'm going to go, well, bless your socks off today. And if I say it in a really nice high tone, Everybody just feels, man, I went, they were really nice. It was good. But do you know that that's not what these blessings were at all? When it said blessing, back then, they used to say there's a benefit behind this blessing. This blessing is, when I say blessing, it means that you get something. It means there's a benefit behind it. I, there's a contract, and it's got, hey, you're going to get some peace, and you're going to get some joy, and you're going to get a lot of different things. But see, 
we sometimes forget the blessing. Do you know why I think we forget the blessing? It's because this country is the most benefited country to have ever existed. We have more. Even our poor people are richer than the rich people in other countries. That's a, I mean, it's an amazing place. God has blessed us truly. And I can go through the benefits. We can sit here and talk about the fact that we have the highest GDP. We pay other people off in the world to be nice to us. That means we've got more money than sense most of the time. I mean, it's just a truth. We have more social programs than anyone. Anyone. You know what? You go to all these communist countries or socialist countries, and people are like, oh, well, you can just go in and do whatever. Do you know that if you went to Sweden, there's only about, I don't know, 20 million people in Sweden. It's a small country. We have 395 million people that we know of. And we all get benefits. Sweden, we would bankrupt them in a minute if you were to put all the people and give the same benefits because it doesn't work that way. Do you know that the benefits that we end up having through, through our country, through Jesus, they are truly blessings. Most people, they just go, well, my life is bad because I didn't get what Caleb got. Well, my, my parents weren't as good as these people's parents, so I didn't grow up in, in a good environment. Do you know that in a lot of countries, there are eight, six, seven, eight-year-olds that are digging up minerals in Africa for car batteries? And they started that when they were three and four years old. We don't understand that. That doesn't even compute in our minds. So when we say, I am blessed, we're thinking, oh, well, somebody's going to come along and give me a million dollars. Because that would only exceed the blessings of what I believe that I have already. See, when we think of I am blessed, we think of money because money is what talks here in the United States. But you know what? God said, I gave you spiritual blessings. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who blessed us with every spiritual blessing. It means that was a benefit that was of God, from God, by God to us. So at the end of the day, I'm sitting here going, well, is that better than money? Well, yeah, I can go spend all my money. Right now, I can go and I can drop every dime that I've got on something and not have another penny. And you know what? I still have spiritual blessings. I still have the blessings that God has put out there because money is temporal. It's like that wood, hay, and stubble that Jesus was talking about. But see, we have to understand that every single time we have a blessing, those blessings are things that, that were put by God in us when we got saved. You don't get these blessings if you hadn't been saved. Amen? I mean, so we have to understand what is our spiritual blessings. And I, I, I went through some of these. I, I'm trying to get to where I'm at now, so... 
If you're, if you're sitting there going, man, you're re-preaching what you preached last week. Well, I'm trying to give you a little bit of insight because we do have some new visitors here. So uh, we talked about how every spiritual blessing in heavenly places was things like, I don't have a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. That means that if I lost it all tomorrow, see, I just said that. Will you lose it all tomorrow? Y'all thought about, I lost it all tomorrow. Means I got to go to work. I may have to go live with somebody. May have to go live in my dad's third bedroom. You know, that's the thing that a lot of people do is we, we think about what if my blessings are gone? But see, these are blessings that aren't taken away from us. These are the things that inside of me, I could lose it all tomorrow. And I have power, love, and a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind. God's going to open up doors of opportunity. I'm going to go and I'm going to be in power and in love and a sound mind. I'm not going to be in, in this weakness and I'm going to be in this depression and I'm just not going to be able to provide. See, that's the opposite of the blessing because the blessing is the benefit. It's the thing God put inside of us that all I have to do is wake up every morning and go, Woo, it's on the inside of me. I'm going to go and I'm going to get it done today. You know, that's what the blessing is, is because it never leaves me. It never gets away from me. See, that's one of the things that we have to understand. And of course, the fruit of the Spirit is part of the blessing. It's the benefits that we get because I get love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all those things that doesn't have to be told to me. It's on the inside of me. Now, can I step out of those? Oh, absolutely. I can be like the lady that was trying to fight with the guy over his place in line. And I can just go, well, bless you. God's going to get you. I know what I'm praying. I want him to have a flat tire on the way home. Do you know that our blessings are, hey, dude, cut me off. Dude, do whatever. It doesn't matter. Do you know that it's, it's kind of funny because I get frustrated at red lights, especially when there's people that are sitting there. You can tell they're on their cell phone. And there's a green arrow going left. Hmm. Lord, tell them. Because I'm about to lay down on my horn. You know, I actually do that. I will give them a tap. I used to go, get out of the way, you idiot. You know, that was the way I felt. But you know, the more I mature in my blessings and my benefits, I give them a tap. Beep. Hey, move. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that, that's the love of the Lord is to tell, hey, you, you didn't know, and I'm going to try to help you out now. But see, the, the benefits is more for me than it is for you when it comes to a lot of this stuff. Once I plant the seed inside of me, then now I can have these benefits that go out. I can actually give you fruit from my garden if I go plant something. But the seed of the benefit is for you. Because those who plant, they eat of their own fruit. If you don't eat from your own fruit, then you're going to be, you know, I, I kind of look at it like this. We're doing this ministry Heather was talking about how 
there's a lot of things that can come and bother you, right? You can be sitting here. I, I put Dad through it yesterday. I wanted these spotlights to work. I put some spotlights up here. I'm about to have to go and take them back. They are not good, okay? But me and Dad spent all day here yesterday. And I took, I mean, I wanted to make them work so badly because I want, I want to have a good, I want y'all to be able to see me. I want to be able to, everybody to feel good about what's going on. But, you know, I can get into the point where I fret over every single thing that happens. Well, you know, if I do that, then it sucks the joy out of it. I don't eat of the fruit. You know, there's fruit out here. I'm looking at you guys that are sitting here. Y'all couldn't have made it in my house. I mean, we would have had to have set y'all in the living room if we had had this service in my house. So a month later, we've been here for four weeks, right? A month later, I've got more people. We've got chairs. We're able to spread out. I mean, heck, go lay down if you want to. I mean, that's where we're at right now. But see, that's the benefits because now I'm sitting here and I'm eating of the fruit. I'm going, man, this is a blessing. Now, I could be going, well, you know, there could be more people and we could have, you know, we could have had a better, you know, more, more people uh, serving and more people doing. Do you know that eats your seed? It eats your fruit. The moment that something good is going on in your life and you say, but... Well, guess what? It's going to start stinking because everybody has a butt and they all stink. Get your butt out of the way and things will be a whole lot more pleasant. But see, what I want you to understand is, is that if you never take any of these fruits of the Spirit and you never enjoy those fruits, then guess what? You're not going to be able to give back to others. And we kind of talked about the word had to be heard. And of course, everybody has heard uh, Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. See, what I want you to understand is, is that you have to plant this seed in you. But today we're going to talk a little bit and we may talk about something else. I think I'm starting to get an idea of what I'm going to finish this piece of it off with. But the blessing, the cursing is not flattery and cussing. All right? So a lot of times we think, well, if I bless somebody, it means I was really nice to them like the lady, right? Bless you, brother. I'm going to tell you, bless you so I don't cuss you out. Do you know that in James 3, 6 through 10, and, you know, James can be harsh, dude. I'm going to tell you what. James was the, was the stepbrother of Jesus. And, I mean, you have to understand that James was like hardcore, James did not believe in Jesus when he was alive. James came to the faith afterwards. Like he saw him on the cross. He saw him come back and talk to everybody. And James said, I'm in. Okay. And when James said, I'm in, he was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be thrown off the top of the temple. That's how much I'm in. You know, that's how James died. Is that he was the head of the church over Jerusalem. And when, he, when they came to go kill him, he was like, hey, you can kill me any way you want to. And so they took him to the top, up there exactly where Jesus stood. And Satan was trying to tempt him and said, you can have all the kingdoms of the world. And he told him, he said, hey, he goes, 
you know what? Get thee behind me, Satan. I am not going to accept what Satan has. Well, James did the exact same thing. They took him to the top and they said, deny Jesus as Lord or we'll throw you off the top. There's a little bit of a difference in, in the, the deal that Satan was making with Jesus and the deal that, it made, that, that all the Pharisees made with James. So they threw him off the top. James was that kind of guy. He was like, nope, throw me off the top. I don't care. Do you know that when you read James, just know that he said, I will never, ever make the mistake that I did when he was alive. That's the way James preached. That's the way James taught. He wanted to, people to know who Jesus was. And so James 3, 6 it says here, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is, is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. Man, this tongue that we got right here in our mouth, that thing is pretty bad. It's basically hell put in your body. I mean, if you think about what it's saying here, our tongue is the one thing that can bring hell to our life. Not a natural disaster that goes and blows your house over. I mean, he didn't, he didn't talk about that or being thrown off of the temple mount or any of the other things. He's basically saying there's only one thing that is set by fire of hell, and that is your tongue. Wow, that's... That's amazing. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. Just think about it. Right, we got dog lovers in here. How many people, you know, when you tell your dog to do something, they go and do it. I know that Bella hardly ever does anything, but we'll, we'll, we'll take that and put her off to the side. We actually, I mean, I watched men... You know, tame tigers. Nothing in their hands and just tell them what to do. Screaming and holler at them. A tiger will roar at them, but go do it. You know why? It's because man has been given that. Now, yes, man has been attacked by animals. There's been all kinds of things. But do you know that man is the only thing that can make creatures? And go look at it. There are no other creatures that make other creatures do work for them. We go out, we get horses, and they plow our fields. We go out, we have milk cows, and they give us milk to drink. We're the only ones that have been able to tame animals. And so here it says, But no man can tame the tongue. It is unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless... This is that same word, eulogia. It means that we can give our benefits to the Lord. Oh, thank you, Father, that you gave me this great job that I have, that you gave me this great church, the people that are in the church. Oh, thank you, Lord. But then, and with it, we can curse. And this is katara. It means to be barren, nothing good to offer or say. Do you know that a lot of times our cursing is not, well, you son of a biscuit eater. That wouldn't be a curse, okay? Because if I was to cuss someone out, 
It's not telling them anything. In fact, we use, we use I, I got these people I work with, they'll use cuss words like it's, I mean, it's like a verb, a noun, an adjective. I mean, there was a guy I used to work with, he was from New York, and I remember he, he would say things like, you know, <laughs> Katrina was coming through, okay? And he would say something like, oh, it's by the grace of God and concrete that all New Orleans is not underwater. And we would go, the grace of God and concrete. And then he would turn around and go, oh, effing, blinking, this and that. And I'd go, you, you talk to your mother that way? He's like, I love my effing mother. Like that. See, that is, we have created societal influences that we think to ourselves, well, that person is cussing. They're cursing people. Well, the intent behind it, I mean, I had another boss that was from North Alabama. He, he would use cuss words, and he said, oh, yeah, my mom actually taught me cuss words. You know, the intent of our heart is where blessing and cursing comes from. Because, you know, even if I withheld a blessing, that's a curse. Like for my kids, if I went and told, never told them that I love them, but I did keep, you know, giving them food, giving them shelter and everything. We were watching Everybody Loves Raymond. And, you know, Ray and Robert are screwed up in the head because their family gave them everything. I mean, they had food. They had a bed to sleep in. They, they had all this stuff. But the father would never say, I love you. The mother would say, I love you, but then would do stuff to pit them against each other, right? But see, that's what, that's what we have to understand is just because I say some words doesn't mean that it truly comes out in that intent. See, we have to understand that our other words and our other actions create the intent of our heart towards other people. So I don't have to just cuss someone out to let them know I'm upset. I can actually use you know, envy and strife. And I can, I can sit there and I can go, well, you know, well, Caleb, you know, yesterday... We were over here and we were putting the lights up. And you were only cutting grass. Well, what was wrong with what I just said? I just basically said that what you did was junk. And what we did was more important. You know, that's the kind of stuff that our tongue will like completely and totally mess our relationships up. It messes with people's minds because we're not given the benefit like I could have told him oh Caleb while we were doing this here you cut the grass at the house and you know this morning I had not really seen the grass because it was late when I got in I we were leaving out this morning I said man the grass looks good do you know that I just espoused the benefit the blessing that he was to me see I can I can have lots of conversations with people. I can, I can express myself in lots of different ways. But you know what? The way we do it, how we do it, we need to 
sometimes back up and go, what is my tongue about to say? We need a filter, if you will. And see, this is what it says here. It says, it says and we bless our Father, but then we curse people. And, it, and cursing people doesn't mean, hey, I'm cussing them. It means I'm offering nothing that's of benefit. I'm not offering any goodness. And it says in verse 10 here, it says, Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. So we have to take these opportunities to say, you know what, when I go and I'm talking to my children, when I'm talking to my neighbors, when I'm talking to people that I work with, what is coming across? What benefits am I giving to them? Do you know that if I went and started doing that to him, if I started saying, well, what you're doing is not as important as what I'm doing, he would never listen to any of the godly benefits. You know that that's how you see children. They get pushed out is that they never really saw the benefits of what my parents or my teachers or whatever. And, and see, this is the number one thing. And I, I didn't learn this until later on. Is that I can give you a benefit. I can tell you about a benefit. But until people know that you love them and you care about them, and until people know that you're that that you have the, your best their best interest in mind, then they're never going to listen to the benefits of God that are coming out of your mouth. It's just not the way it's going to work. People, if they don't trust you, they're not going to listen to you. So, basically, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go over to let, let's kick. Kick it over to John, uh, John 10. What time is it? Eleven twenty-eight. Uh, start. So everybody knows John 10, 10. It's the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. That's John 10, 10. Well, the Lord keeps telling me about this I keep getting this in my in my heart about that we need to understand the the actual prophecy and the way that we talk to each other. So so this is uh, John ten ten. It says the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. And I've come that you may have life, and it may be more abundant. Go to verse one, mom. See, what we have to understand is that if I was to ask you who the thief is, who, who and you don't answer, you don't answer. It, who is the thief that comes to kill, steal, and destroy? Satan. Satan. Ooh, he's a good one. He's a good thief. So, but I want you to understand something, that this is not as cut and dry as Satan is the thief. So it says here in verse 1, it says, Most assuredly I say unto you, he who does not enter into the sheepfold but by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. So I want you to understand something. 
Satan is a thief. We'll, we'll keep him in the thief category. But there's also other thieves. It's these people who are trying to get to the blessing, that's trying to get to God through other things other than going through Jesus. And you may go, well, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm saved. I, I go through Jesus for my benefits. Mm, I don't know about that. I know lots of people who, are, who say they believe and everything. I go, okay, you believe. But let me ask you a question. In every aspect of your life, when you go to talk to someone, when you go to, to give them an opportunity to know something about yourself or about God, do we always go and push, push them back towards Jesus? I know lots of people that the first thing that they do besides saying, hey, let's talk about it, let's talk about your blessings and God, we'll, we'll go to, oh, let's just say for an example, um, you know, and it's hard for me to, to kind of talk about this because I don't want to teach about a lot of other stuff and I'm not sure what you all know, uh, you know about. But, you know, Matthew 6, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Well, if I have a problem in my body, if I have a problem in my finances, if I have a problem in my, you know, in my relationships, a lot of times... We'll come to somebody and we'll say, you know, let's just say, for example, I go to dad and I go, dad, you know, every time I talk to every time I talk to Charlie, man, we just we butt heads. And dad goes, you know what? Yeah, well, I'm going to either down Charlie or I'm going to down you. Or I'm going to tell you, well, you need to you need to go and do all this psychosomatic stuff. And you might go, well, there's nothing wrong with psychosomatic stuff. You know, it, there's nothing wrong with me being nice to Charlie. Maybe that was the problem. But you know what? A lot of times we have problems and the Lord will give you things a lot easier than I've got to go and act like I'm some sort of, you know, psychologist when I go and talk to people. You know that the Lord will actually work things out through other people to try to help you out. One of the things I remember is a few years ago, I kept having problems at work with this one manager all the time. No, I couldn't do anything right. There was nothing I could do. And you know what? I went to a, I, I, I just kept talking to this person, kept talking to this person. And it seemed like every time I did, our relationship got worse. And you know what? I went and I, I should have sought first the kingdom of God. Because I went and I said, Lord, help me. Show me what I need to do. Show me where I need to go. How do I need to talk to this person? And then it came to me. It was like, Lord, help me through someone else. So I prayed about it. The Lord gave me some, some ideas about things that I could do. But I went and talked to this other manager... And the other manager said, oh, I know what you're talking about. This person doesn't like when people come to their office without you setting up a meeting. And I was like, okay. And he goes, I'll go talk to them. I'll actually set up a meeting. We'll, we'll have a discussion all together. Oh, okay, well, I'll try that. I mean, can't go any worse, right? Well, 
the Lord worked it out. This person actually became a mediator, and me and this manager are actually really good friends now. And it was because I was never going to get it right. Because that's not who I am. I don't, I don't go, well, I'm going I'm to schedule some time with Steve and Mary Jane. I'm not going to talk to y'all any today. I'm going to schedule time with you, and we'll, we'll get together. And, and Greg and Darlene, I'll schedule time with you, but we're not going to talk today. But that's the way this person worked. I would have never known that. If it hadn't been that God told me to go and mediate through this other person. See, so what we have to understand is that a lot of times we try to go through our kingdom business and try to get into those blessings without going to Jesus first. Uh, God, you just get me to the threshold and I'll take it from here. Oh, I know what to do, Lord. I can do it all. And you know what? He's going, you ain't going to go very far. See, sometimes I'm a thief of my own righteousness. I'm a thief of my own understanding. You know, a lot of times in your life, you're a thief. I hate to say it that way, but we... We stop having the benefits. We start stealing our benefits because we don't go and seek first the kingdom. Mom, go to verse 2. John 10, 2. It says, But he who enters by the door of the shepherd of the sheep Go to verse 3. I'm so used to like having all of my scripture all in one thing so I can just read it. Um, here, I'll just do it this way. I'll just pull it up right here. Okay, in uh, verse 3 it says, To him the, door, uh, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice and call his own sheep by name, and leads them out. Do you know that you hear God's voice? You know, I want y'all to take this away more than anything today. There is no one in here, if you've said, I've never heard God's voice. Yes, you have. You hear God's voice all the time. The thing is, is sometimes we ignore it. Sometimes we follow it, we just don't know what we followed. I want to be honest with you. A lot of times we'll go, well, that was just my conscience talking to me. Well, no, no, the Holy Spirit is in you. He's around you. He's constantly doing things to benefit you. He's eulogizing you every single day. He's espousing the benefits. He's trying to get things to you. God himself is talking to you. So if anybody says, well, I've never heard God talk to me. Yes, yes, you have. You, you're going against the Scripture. Because the Scripture said that... His voice and His call on His sheep by name and lead them out. It means that we hear this. In verse 4 it says, And when He brings us out into His own, He goes before them and the sheep follow Him for they know His voice. They know His voice. So there may be some times where you're sitting there going, I don't know what to do. And you prayed about it and you prayed about it and you're like, well, Lord, I never heard from you. You know what? A lot of times we're sitting there. It's a little bit like the, the person that was on top of his roof and there was a flood. And it was all the way at the top. 
and the waters were still rising and it was getting all the way to the top where he was at. And so there was a guy in a boat that come along and he kept saying, Lord, send, send someone. Jesus, come help me. And he said, and the guy in the boat says, hey, I got this boat. Come get in the boat. The guy said, nope, I'm waiting on the Lord. The next thing is, is a guy in a helicopter comes by and he goes, hey, get in the helicopter. And he goes, no, I'm waiting on the Lord. Well, the floodwaters come and they take him and he goes up to heaven. And in this, and I don't know if St. Peter is actually sitting at the gates. That seems to be something somebody came up with. But he goes to heaven, okay? And St. Peter is standing there and he goes, why did I die? I was waiting on the Lord. And he goes, well, the Lord sent a boat and a helicopter. What else do you want? Do you know that we constantly are having people that the Lord will tell us. You know, the Lord tells me about things to pray about with you guys all the time. You know, that that's what we have to understand is that a lot of times you're getting a voice and there's somebody that's coming along and helping you out because they heard. But see, a lot of times the Lord asked you or told you the first two times. And he was like, oh, get away from me, Satan. I mean, there are a lot of times, get thee behind me, Satan, has been what comes up in my head because I heard something that I didn't want to do. Like, go talk to the mean man in the office. I don't want to go back and talk to that guy again. Every time he gets mad at me. You know, the thing is, is that we have to understand that we hear his voice. He brings us to a point to where we can actually use our benefits to benefit ourselves and to also benefit them. You know, as I'm closing us out today, you know, I, I want everybody to understand that the way you eulogize yourself, the way you eulogize others, has to do specifically with what God is telling you. I can't tell you. In fact, there are actually religious sects of Christianity that you have to go and talk to your elders. You have to go talk to your pastor. You got to go talk to... Before you can go buy a house or buy a car, go get married. And you know what? Sometimes people need that because they can't, they're not hearing from the Lord or they don't want to hear from the Lord. So sometimes it's good to go and get advice from people. I'm not saying don't go talk to people. But you know, I want you all to take the opportunity to be eulogizers to other people. Now, it doesn't mean that I see somebody with a problem and I go up to them and I'm like, I'm going to go fix your problem. That's not what we're talking about. In fact, I'll actually give you an example. This week it happened. I'm here at the church. I'm doing some work. I actually was doing work for the power company. And I get a call. It said, hey, can we talk? And it was a guy that used to be in a congregation that we had um, when I was associate pastor for Life of Faith. <clears throat> and so he said, I've been praying. And the Lord said, call Dusty. So I said, well, let's talk. And so we set up a time, I guess, because at the time I was being just like the other guy. I was like, I can't talk to you right now. I'm going to set up a time with me. 
we're not going to allow the Holy Spirit to be, you know, happen right now. But I scheduled some time with him. We talked. One of the things that he said is that his work was going for the vaccine mandate. And he didn't believe that he should take the vaccine. And I told him, I said, he said, what do you think? And, you know, this is the thing that that the Lord will do a lot of times is that our benefits are what we need to be talking about more than the circumstance. And I told him, I said, let's take that off the, the table for a second. And I said, what is it that you want to do and when you hear about vaccine mandates, does it cause you peace or does it cause you strife? I took him back to the scripture that says that we didn't have a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of sound mind. I took him over to, to Philippians chapter 4, verses 8, where it says, Be led by peace that passeth all understanding. Let it be in your heart and in your mind. I said, what's in your heart and your mind? I said, if I said, you got to go get the shot right now, what happens? <coughs> Excuse me. He goes, the first thing that comes to my mind is some of my family and what they think. You know that his problem wasn't the shot. It was that he didn't have peace with his family about the shot. He didn't have an understanding of what would happen. Was he willing to go all the way and say, fire me? Where's his peace? But see, a lot of times as human beings, we go, I'm going to pray and I'm not going to do anything and I'm just going to let things happen. But you know, we work with God. God doesn't work for us. Does everybody get that? I don't think, I don't think most of us do when we're in the midst of our circumstance because I even do that. I go, Lord, work this out. I'm not going to think about it anymore. And I go on. But do you know that God says, oh, whoa, 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 wait you got a part to play in this too. See, that's what we have to understand is that when I told him, I said, what are you being led by? Are you being led by strife or are you being led by peace? You know, I eulogized the benefits to him. I didn't eulogize his circumstance. I told him, I said, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I told him what I did. You know, the Lord actually told me and Heather, Heather got it got a word from the Lord and I got a word from the Lord and Heather said you got to tell Dusty about this and maybe that was how it all happened was maybe she got the word and then it came to me later <coughs> because of her prayer but I felt like going to get in the vaccine and we didn't get it until just about a month ago but I had I had this American idea that by God no one's going to tell me what to do and then I had a few people that I was trying to minister to and it caused a division. I couldn't even expound the benefits to them because I didn't have the vaccine. And so I prayed about it and I was like, Lord, this is becoming a thing. Do you know that it's so much easier when I'm out talking to people and I'm trying to, to give them the benefits of God? If 
if that's number one on their mind is COVID and the vaccine and all the other stuff, if I go, hey, I got the vaccine, let's not even talk about that. They, they go from, stay away from me, to, okay, I'm going to let you in my space. So I told him that. I told him, I said, I had to, I had to have this moment with the Lord where he had to speak to my heart because I was going from America America first. You don't tell me what to do by God. I'm a, I'm a red-blooded American like everybody else. You're not going to do it. Do you know that most of the time we allow our Americanism or our circumstances or whatever to keep the benefits? Because the circumstances is a whole lot more juicy to talk about than our benefits. I'll be honest with you. It's a whole lot better off when I can stand up here and I can start talking to you about, well, by golly, I remember back when gas wasn't, but only $1.87. Now it's $3 and a million cents. I don't know. And it's going up. I can sit here and I can, that's juicy. Everybody in here went, way. that just hit me right here. You know? My, my wallet's thinner today than it was a year ago. Anyway, I can sit there and I can do this and those benefits are circumstances. Those aren't godly benefits. But you know what? My God supplies all of my needs according to His riches and glory. That is a benefit. And I'm going to stand upon that benefit and I'm not going to get off of it. And it doesn't matter if gas is $10 or $20 a gallon. It's going to happen because... The Word said it, and those are my benefits, and that's what I'm going to stand on. So when people come to me and they go, what do you think about that? I'll sit there and talk to them about it, but I will go, I'm not worried about it. My God supplies all of my needs according to His riches and glory. I just espouse the benefits to you. You know what that brings peace to me? Amen. Is there anybody that needs prayer for anything? I do want to um, I do want to we, we prayed the other day about the, the people in Haiti that had been taken do you know that something the Lord's been putting on my heart the last week or so is that that we shouldn't have fear because there's somebody else's circumstance so if you're sending people out in the mission field if you've got families that are in the mission field if you've got people that you know that are out there or there's something that's happening do you know that we should not allow one thing to stop other things the offsets don't cause me to change my mind about what God's calling his gospel to be preached and you know what whether these people come back or anything else it doesn't stop the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to continue to move forward. Because you know what? There's people that we know through uh, other ministries that are going out all the time. And yes, they're in danger. But see, the news told us about that one. See, I've known people that have been shot and stabbed and everything else on the mission field for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they said they ought to go do it 
again because that's what I'm being called to do. So we don't allow circumstances to change our mind. So we pray for those people and we're going to believe with those people, but we're also going to believe that the gospel is going to go out and it's going to just cause power to go into the world to change people's hearts. So I'm going to pray about that situation, that we pray over all of the people who are out there, but that the gospel continues to be just flourishing in our world. And then I'm going to pray over our food because we're about to eat. So everybody bow your heads. Father, we come in Christ Jesus' name. I just thank you, dear Lord, for all that you're doing in us and through us. I thank you, dear Lord, that your benefits that they are coming and they're like seeds that are being planted on the inside of us and that we're going to have the fruit of the benefits that we're going to be able to give to everybody that's around us. And Father, I pray that the gospel goes out even more and that, Father, that missionaries are not afraid to go out and that whatever happens in circumstances with other people, that, Father, you're going to bring about more and more revival. I pray, dear Lord, that there's going to be revival in people's hearts in Haiti, in Mexico, in Colombia, in all these different places, in Africa. There's going to be more and more gospel that's going to be preached. And it's going to be like a wildfire that just takes over those lands. Father, I just pray over those people that have circumstances every single day. Because the ones we know about are not the ones that happen every single day. There are people that are giving their lives and they're giving their money and they're giving their time and they are giving so that this gospel can be preached. And you know them. You know what they're doing. And Father, I believe that you are sending information to them, that you're sending people, that you're sending the Holy Spirit to give them insight so that they will be out of harm's way and that they can still preach the gospel. And we just thank you for it. 